We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lourdesdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good morning, everybody. So at Daily Mass here, we have the strangest community on earth. So at Daily Mass, you know, weekends, it looks like this. And we send our kids in our school to Daily Mass. I don't know if it's the most in the diocese, but I'm pretty sure it is. Um, Most of our kids go to Mass four days a week outside of Sundays. And it's just a radically different crowd, right? I know that's hard to believe, but it's a bunch of kiddos. And when I was a kid, you know, mass was like the most boring thing on planet Earth. And so the temptation for priests is to try to like liven things up for the kids. Because I just watch them and like the little kids are always in the front row and they are bored out of their minds, right? And they're just like, oh my gosh, Father Brian's still talking. Some of you do that on Sundays. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, I can see you. <laughs> but anyway, so one of my uh, first weeks, we are, maybe it was a year in, but uh, some friends of mine, they joined, the, they had their kids in the school and they had just joined. And I was, I'm always trying to strike that balance. How do I get them to just learn to be disciplined and you have to learn how to have, a, have patience at Mass? But I was still kind of trying to get him engaged. And I wanted to talk about how the best thing on earth you can be is a saint. And so I asked the kids, I was like, how many of you, when you grow up, how many of you want to be like a famous athlete? Like how many of you want to be like, you know, in the NBA or the NFL or a gymnast or whatever, you know, and hands go up? And how many of you want to be a famous actor and and hands go up? And how many of you want to be a famous musician? And another one say that. And I looked out at all the kids, and I was like, well, I hate to break it to you, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> and my friend Diana was like, you just crushed like 200 dreams. And I was trying to be positive. I was like, but you can be a saint, right? And all the parents were like, that was f- epic failure, right? <laughs> totally epic failure. Today, what I want to talk to you about is... Our culture tells us, and they do, right? Our culture tells us you can do anything. And we all love that message, right? I love the message, you can do anything, you can be anything. And there's something really great about that in our culture. But it's a half-truth, right? It's a half-truth. Our culture says you can be anything, you can do anything, and you can do it on your own. And part of what happens with that is we kind of have this attitude as we grow up that we don't have to learn from others, right? That we don't have to die to ourselves. And what we're going to talk about today, the big message I want to give to you today and that Jesus wants to give you is about the word discipleship. Discipleship, right? And the the Gospels all make this distinction, all of them. And today's Gospel makes this distinction. It says, He came down with them and stood on a level place 
with a great crowd and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and all those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured and the crowd sought to touch him for power came forth from him. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples. Every gospel makes a distinction. Every one of the gospels tells us there's a big crowd that followed Jesus. And then there were his disciples. And there's a big difference. And we'll come back to this. My challenge and my question for you today Brothers and sisters, are you a part of the crowd? Or are you actually a disciple? So what's a disciple? The Greek word methetes. So in, our, in my community, I don't know if the guys in the companions know how much I talk about them. Do you guys tell Father John? No? Okay, good. Let's keep it that way. Um, but... So one of the guys in our community, Father Greg Peterson, he is like Mr. 80s. Like he just loves the 80s. He actually, he posted a picture on social media. He's a pastor up in Windsor and like they had a school dance for like dads and their, their daughters. And he put glow sticks all over himself with like a tie-dye shirt. And I was like, this is beneath the dignity of the priesthood. But <laughs> Father Greg, he just loves the 80s. And so whenever we do companions things together, we just know Father Greg is going to push for an 80s movie, right? Always going to happen. You know the breakfast club is going to be rammed down your throat. Some kind of 80s something. But one of them that really ties today is one time he made us watch The Karate Kid. Now, I don't know if you grew up with that. I did, right? And my memories as a kid and after watching as an adult, it was way better as a kid. But it has some great things in it. And the Karate Kid is about discipleship. It's about discipleship. And if you remember, I love that scene, right? So Daniel goes to Mr. Miyagi, and he goes, and he's like, I've got to learn what it means. I had to learn martial arts, and I need someone to teach me. Being a disciple, right, means that you do not know everything. Being a disciple means that you do not know everything. It means that you have a mentor. It means that you have someone who's going to teach you what it means to be what you should be. So Daniel goes to Mr. Miyagi, and he says, all right, I'm ready to be an expert. I'm ready to be a martial arts expert. And he's ready to, like, fight and do all these, like, cool moves. And Mr. Miyagi, right, hands him, right, car wax and a, a chamois or whatever, and he says, Wax on, and you all know it, do it with me. Wax on, wax off, right? And it's classic. And Daniel thinks, this is the dumbest thing ever. But as you watch the movie, it's a great way they tied that into the movie because what, what happens, right, is it turns out that that motion is the same motion he needs to learn to block attacks from an opposing opponent, to be a disciple means that you have someone you have to learn from. Brothers and sisters, I'm pretty convinced one of the great problems in the last 60 years is that we have convinced ourselves as a church 
that we don't have to be disciples. That we're all basically good. We all basically already know what we're doing. And as long as we just avoid the big sins, everything's fine. Today's gospel should slap you in the face if that's you. Jesus today, right? And this is crazy. Jesus says, blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. When I read that, right, when the Lord says that to me, Brian, blessed are you when you're poor, when you're hungry, when you weep. That's crazy. That does not make any sense. I feel like Daniel, right, in the karate kid. He's like, what am I doing waxing a car? And I think most of us, the Beatitudes are the heart of the gospel. And I think most of us, when we hear them, they just sound like nonsense and we forget them. We don't listen. Jesus today, right, there's a crowd that's been following him. Jesus has been healing people. He's been performing miracles. And the crowd likes that. If you're going to be a Christian, right, being a Christian is the hardest thing on earth. It is not natural to your thoughts. It's not normal to the way of being a human being. It is a radical challenge. And being a disciple means that you have to surrender what you think is normal about life. Why would anyone do that? The only reason you would ever do that is if you see in him someone worth listening to. Right, Jesus, only when I saw you as someone amazing, as someone who had the truth and the beauty and the goodness of God radiating from you, that's the only time I'm going to say all those normal things I want to pursue, I'm going to pause and I'm going to listen to what you have to say. So why does Jesus teach this? How do we make sense of the Beatitudes? I love every time the Beatitudes come up, the most important thing I want you to see about them is that before you say, okay, Jesus says I should be poor, hungry, and I should be sad. Sounds like a great, great gig. What are we to do with this? Here's what you have to do. If you're going to understand the Beatitudes, before they talk about you, the Beatitudes describe Jesus himself. The Beatitudes describe Jesus. Jesus is poor. Now, is it blessed to be poor just because things are rough? No. Jesus had everything, right? Jesus is wealthier than, uh, what's his name, Jeff Bezos, right? Put Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and every other massive billionaire in the world together. They don't have anything even close to what Jesus has. But he became poor because he loved us. 
Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Origen likes to refer to Jesus as the kingdom of God in person. He calls him the Basilea Atu, the kingdom himself. Blessed are you that hunger now. Right? What does Jesus hunger for? He literally does go without food, but Jesus hungers for the salvation of the world. Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you that weep now. The Lord, right, is a man of sorrows, right, whose love drives him, right, to suffer, to be emptied out for the goodness of the world. And I want to leave you with this today, right? So if you're someone, if you're not a disciple yet, that's okay. If you're here and you're like, Father Brian, you know, I, I come to Mass but I kind of have a normal life. That's okay, right? The, the message for you today is you are loved and, and maybe you can take a chance. Maybe you can take that next, next step and say, I'm just kind of a normal guy. I'm just kind of a normal girl. Can you take the next step and say, you know what? I don't know everything about God and I don't know everything about life and I need to learn from Jesus. I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to listen to him. If you are a disciple, right, if you're someone who has learned that you don't know everything, right, and that you have to learn from God, you have to follow him, that he's the one in charge. If you're a disciple, brothers and sisters, here's how this all makes sense. Jesus' favorite phrase, right, he says it all the time. So in Matthew 23, 12 is one example. Jesus says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Everything I want in my life, and I know you too, right? Everything I want is to be exalted. And I know what you're thinking. No, not me. No, I just, I never would want that. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't lie to your priest. All of us, what we naturally normally seek is we want to be lifted up, right? I want to be the, the, the priest that's the best in Denver. I want to be the most fit. I want to be the most intelligent. I want to be the most wise. I want people to think I'm funny and charming, which I am, right? And I just, if you would just recognize that. That's what we all want. We want to be wealthy and have all those things. That's not evil. That's human, but it's not Jesus. It's not Jesus. Right, Jesus has everything, but what does he seek? He seeks to empty himself. Right, human beings, we always naturally seek the highest places. God seeks the lowest. That's tough. But to be a Christian is to begin to see the world the way that Jesus sees it. It's to see a love that transforms us, where we stop seeking the highest place, where we stop seeking ourselves. And we say, Lord, I want to be in the lowest place. 
Not naturally. Not because of my broken human nature. But because you did it first. You took the lowest place. Because you loved me. Lord, I want to be a disciple. I don't want to be my own God. I don't want to pretend that I know everything. That I'm just fine because I'm not. Lord, I want to be a disciple. I want to take that next step and follow you. Jesus, help us. Help us today. Lord, help us to stop seeking ourselves. Lord, may we see in you your goodness. May we see the glory of God that radiates out from you. Lord, help us to seek the lowest places to empty ourselves because we love others, because we love you. Jesus, help me today to be blessed because I'm poor, because I hunger, Lord, and because I weep. So a couple years ago, I, uh, I think it was my, f- I had been about a year here at Lourdes, and we have this, for my, my weeks are bipolar. So being here on Sunday Mass is just the joy of my week, uh, being with you all. And, and the rest of the week is great, but the daily Mass at Lourdes is really radically different from the Sunday Mass. And the reason is because of any Catholic school in the diocese, at least to my knowledge, we send our kids to Mass far more than any other place. So most of our kids go to daily Mass, not including Sunday, four days a week. And when I was a kid, I don't know about you, but I think I do. When I was a kid, right, Mass was just so boring and painful. And now I'm the one inflicting that on our kids, right, which is always fun. There is one kid, it's so cute, he's in preschool, and he always sits in the front row, and he slouches down and just stares at the ceiling, and he's like, oh. and he does it every week, and I always think when I look at him, I'm like, there are adults just like you at Sunday Mass, but my first year, about a year in, I remember there was a a daily Mass. And I'm always trying to say, like, how can I strike the balance of, I want our kids to know how to be reverent and sit still and be well-behaved in Mass, but I also don't want them to experience Mass as, like, a penance, right? I want them to have the joy of it. And it's, it's a tough balance to strike those two things. <clears throat> so one Sunday, I was trying to engage the kids, and I said, okay, well, how many of you want to grow up, and how many of you want to be, like, a pro athlete? You know, a number of hands go up, and I was like, okay, well, how many of you want to be a famous actor? You know, and a certain number of hands. And, and how many want to be musicians? And, you know, the hands go up again. And, and the point I wanted to get to was I wanted to say those are, those are great things. But what you should really desire in life is to be a saint. Right? And God calls all of us to be saints. So that's what I kind of meant to say. But instead what I said was, you know, all the hands go up. And I looked at the kids and I was like, that's never going to happen. Right? <laughs> and my friend Diana, it was her first school mass she had been at. And she looked at me, she told me afterwards, she was like, 
you just like destroyed every kid in that church. Like worst homily ever. I was like, that's what priests do. That's our job. <laughs> but I was thinking about that story today because here's what I want. I have two points for you today, brothers and sisters. The first one is about discipleship. And we're going to get to that in a second. The second point is going to be about, if you're already a disciple, it's going to be about our Beatitudes today, right? Beatitude means it's blessed, right? Blessed are the poor, for the kingdom of God is theirs. But the first one, the story relates to discipleship. And here's why. The world today tells you and I, and I think there's a lot of good in this. The world tells us that you can be anything you want to be. You can be that musician that's famous. You can be that actor. You can be that pro athlete, right? You could be a priest, right? A lot of our kids, I never thought that was a cool thing, but some of them do. I'm like, that's awesome. And that is true, kind of. It's a half truth. What the world never tells us is that if you want to be great, if you want to achieve something that is truly great, you will only get there, and I promise you this, you will only get there if you first discipline and humble yourself. And that's what the world doesn't tell us. I remember reading, there's a, a, a Protestant pastor who has the image that I really like about this, and he says, whenever you see a big skyscraper going up, right, if you watch construction downtown, you see a big skyscraper going up that reaches up to the heavens. The very first thing that they'll do in that construction is they will build a very deep foundation. If you want to be something great, the first thing you must do is you must go down. You have to. So let's talk about discipleship. What does it mean to be a disciple? And here's, here's the question. I want you to put this in the back of your heart and your mind today. In the Gospels, in, today, in today's Gospel, and in, many of the, in, in all four of the main Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Not main, but the Gospels. In all four Gospels, there's a distinction that we're given between the crowd and disciples. The crowd and disciples. The crowd, right? Everybody in, in Jesus' day, they wanted to see him. People were intrigued by him. He was an intriguing, powerful man. He's healing people. He's preaching with authority and power. He's convicting hearts. But there is a distinction between those who just wanted to kind of see him perform something cool, which is you guys, sinners, and this crowd, right, who wanted, who actually said, you know what? I'm actually going to follow this man. And what the gospel, what I want to challenge you with today, the first part is I want to challenge you to ask which crowd you're in. Are you, in, are you just part of the general crowd? Or are you someone who says, Jesus, I'm not just someone who kind of goes to mass and is kind of watching you from a distance, but you are my Lord. You're my master, and I shape my life intentionally because of you. 
So in my community of the, the companions, I'm so glad they don't listen to my homilies. It's really good. Um, but one of our priests is Mr. 80s. He just loves the 80s. God knows why, but he does. I like parts of the 80s. But anyway, so, so this is Father Greg Peterson. Father Greg, he recently, he loves to DJ. So they do like father-daughter dances a lot in his parish. And he DJs. And the last one they did, he does this every time, but he, he gets like those, remember those glow sticks? He gets a bunch of glow sticks and he like puts them around his head and on his arms and things. And then he puts like a tie-dye shirt on and he DJs. And then he posts it on social media. And I told him, I'm like, this is a degradation to the dignity of the priesthood. <laughs> Which I, believe, I stand by that statement. I'm like... That, that this is below your dignity as a priest. But anyway, Father Greg loves the 80s, just loves it. And so whenever we do something in, as a community, if we're together and if, if there's going to be a movie, we know Father Greg is going to push for an 80s movie. So you're going to get, like, if you're lucky, you're going to get the Goonies. You know, you might get the Breakfast Club. And one time what we got was the Karate Kid. And... The Karate Kid, and I love this, the Karate Kid is about discipleship. What is a disciple? What does it mean to be a disciple? What does it mean to move from the crowd to someone who is actually a true disciple of Jesus Christ? A disciple, a great translation, a word that we all know might be an apprentice. Right? If you want to be an excellent disciple, uh, craftsman, if you want to be a woodcarver, you would study under a great woodcarver. You would imitate his or her skills. You would learn. You would watch every move they made. Right? You go back to the 80s. Every move you make, every breath you take, I will be stalking you, right? Um, that was not planned, by the way. One of my staff always says, man, you plan these really tacky jokes. That was not planned. That's a disciple, right? The, the karate kid's about discipleship, right? So Daniel goes to Mr. Miyagi. And he says, I want, I want to be a great martial artist. And there's this great scene in that movie, I love it, where he says, okay, you want to train, you want to be a disciple. He doesn't use that word, but that's what's happening. You want to train to be a great martial arts expert, and he hands him a sponge and a rag. And he says, okay, I want you to wax my car. Right? I know you all have done it, right? Right? And so he gets the car and he's like, wax on, wax off. Right, everybody, wax on, wax off. Right? And when Daniel does that, right? I love this. In the movie, it's foolishness. Now, here's my message. Here's how this ties to the gospel. If you're going to be a Christian, if, and to be a Christian means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. If you're going to be a disciple, brothers and sisters, you must humble yourself. You must humble yourself. 
you do not know everything. You might be very smart. You might be very talented. You might be very beautiful. You have nothing, and nor do I, when it comes to holiness before God. You are a novice, and so am I. If you're not a novice, I promise you this, if you're not a novice, you are not a Christian. Daniel doesn't know what he's doing, and it seems like foolishness in the karate kid. You know what else sounds like foolishness? Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. If you're in the crowd, and honestly, sometimes as disciples, the things that Jesus wants to instill inside of us seem like foolishness. And you say, Lord, I want to I wanna do the real things. Let's go build a house in Tijuana for poor people. That's great. That's a good thing to do. Let's go, let's go fight apologetics and let, let's go demonstrate at the Capitol. That, that, that's a great thing to do. The first thing you have to do is you have to humble yourself and listen. Daniel, right, as he practices those, as he's washing the car, right, is a Stroke of genius in that movie, <clears throat> right? That later on, those become the, the moves that's going to help him block the attacks of opponents. To be a disciple means that you humble yourself and you learn to listen to a master. And you cannot be a Christian if you can't do that. That's the most important thing I'm going to say today. Wherever you're at, right, some of, you, some of you know this. You've been doing this a long time. Praise God. But wherever you're at, my first invitation to you today is to renew that in yourself. And by the way, no one ever becomes a disciple by accident. No one ever becomes a disciple by accident. If you're not sure if you're a disciple, you're probably not. And that's okay. Guess what? Jesus calls you to that. We have to renew that. And if you haven't been there, today's a great day after Mass. Get on your knees after Mass today. Look at the Savior of the world, the one who shows us what it means to be holy, what it means to be true and righteous and good and beautiful. Get on your knees and admit that you don't know what that even is and that you're not there yet. And humble yourself and say, Jesus, I want to be a disciple. I want to stop pretending that I can judge your teachings instead of the fact that I am judged by your teachings. Lord, I want to humble myself today. I want to be a disciple. I want to be an apprentice.
That's the first message. And then the second today is very simple. If you've started down that road, I hope you have. You know, it's hard, but you know, it's so joyful. It's so rewarding. I don't know what else you would do with your life. Right? A human being can't live without truth, goodness, and beauty. And the only place you find those in their fullness is in Christ. Right? And the longer I think I'm a disciple, I hope so, after we knew that, but the longer I walk that road of discipleship, the hungrier I am. I say, Jesus, what I want more. So what does this mean? What are the Beatitudes about? How can Jesus say this? And, and one last thing to go back, just let me cap up our, last, our first half here. There's all these multitudes in, in Luke chapter 6 and 5. There's all these crowds. And right before our gospel today, Jesus chooses 12 disciples. And then in our gospel at the beginning, it says that Jesus, there's all the crowds, but it says Jesus lifted up his eyes on who? On his disciples. Not on the crowd, on the disciples. The Beatitudes, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of God. This is not a word for the crowd. If you're in the crowd, you'll never understand this. There are some things in life you can only understand after you've given yourself. This is one of them. And if you don't give yourself to Christ, if you don't take a chance on him, if you don't follow him and humble yourself, you will never, I promise, you will never understand the Beatitudes. But if you have, what does this mean? How do we make sense of this? What do the Beatitudes call us to? Brothers and sisters, whenever they come up with the first thing I want, the people I love, my family of my parish to see, is the Beatitudes before they're about you, before they call you to do something or be something, what the Beatitudes do is they describe who Jesus is. Beatitudes describe who Jesus is. So important. Origin, right, in the third century, one of Origin's favorite titles for Jesus, he, he regularly calls Jesus Hobazalea Atu, the kingdom himself. Jesus is the kingdom of God in person. Do you want to know what it means to enter the kingdom of God? All you have to do is look at him. Now hear those Beatitudes again, right? And hear them as descriptions of the Son of God. Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Jesus had everything. Right? God is infinitely rich. The world belongs to him. The universe belongs to him. The adoration of heaven and earth belong to him. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who though he was rich, for your sake became poor. Blessed are you poor, 
for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you that that hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Jesus, all through the Gospels, right? In John chapter 4, the apostles bring Jesus food. He says, I'm not hungry. He says, I have food of which you do not know. My food is to do the will of the one who sent me. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. Isaiah, in the, the, the servant songs, prophesies that the Messiah will be a man of sorrows. But now Jesus laughs because he has redeemed the world. But he knew sorrow because he loved. The Beatitudes describe Jesus Christ. If you're going to be a Christian, if you're a disciple on that path, we all need models. We need to know where we're going. I tell people all the time, I used to be a ski bum. I, when I was in high school and college, I would ski like 35 days a year. It was awesome. So my right knee doesn't work anymore. And but when I was a kid growing up in Colorado, the way I learned to ski was I'd watch my dad. Or I'd watch people from the chairlifts, and I'd watch really good skiers. And I'd watch what they did. It was really helpful. To be a disciple means to imitate Christ. Christ is poor. He is hungry, right? He is someone who weeps and he is someone who is persecuted for righteousness. Now, normally, if you just tell me, hey, Brian, Father Brian, right? You should be poor, sorrowful, hungry, and persecuted. I'd be like, get out of my church. But when I see those things In Jesus Christ, I want to be that. I want to be that. Here's the secret. Here's what God teaches us, and I want to leave you with this. God teaches us, right, the normal way to be a human being, the normal thing all of us do is we want to exalt ourselves. We always want to look better than everybody else. We all do it in different ways and by different means. We always try to lift ourselves up. Jesus saves the world and he heals us because Jesus was in the highest place and he goes to the lowest. If you want to learn what it means to be a Christian, right? You want to learn the wax on, wax off of what it means to be a Christian. It means you have to start thinking like Jesus thinks. The normal way I see the world, the normal way I look out at life is how can I be better than the next guy? And how can I get people to look up to me more than other people? How can my pride be exalted? In my walk, in my faith, in my life as a disciple, the Lord is slowly teaching me to say, Brian, you need to be the one who stays late and picks up. You need to be the one who scrubs toilets. You need to be the one that the the, the true greatness is not to be served, but to serve.
That's Christianity. I know I've said lastly like four times, but deal with it. This is all summed up, and this is, I want you to look this up. One of these days, I'm going to make holy cards with this prayer on it. St. Ignatius of Loyola has a prayer that sums all this up, and it is so beautiful. It's right after a meditation he gives on the goodness of God's creation and all the gifts he gives us, and that you and I should respond just like Jesus did and say, I don't want to take more, Lord. The great goodness is to empty myself. I want to be poor, not because poverty is good, but because I love. I want to be hungry, not because hunger is good, but because I empty myself because I love. Right? I want to weep, Lord, because I love, because I can pour my life out, and I have not made my life about being untouchable and perfect and in a stronghold. I am weak like you. So St. Ignatius gives this prayer, right? And the prayer is that you and I would think the way Jesus thinks. So it says this, it says, St. Ignatius says, take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will. All that I have and possess. Think about that. Jesus, I love you so much. Lord, what I want to give you is my freedom. My memory, Lord, take my memory. The way I think of the past is so often filled with sin, it's filled with the things that I think I deserve or the ways people have hurt me. Jesus, take my memory. May it be yours. My understanding, and this is what today's about, right? Lord, when I understand, when I, when I think, I do not want to understand the world the way the world does. Lord, I want to understand with your mind. Take, Lord, receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, my entire will, all that I have and possess. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Dispose of it wholly according to your will. Jesus, give me your love and your grace. This is sufficient for me.